Hey there, people-powered business community. Are you ready to transform the way you handle difficult conversations in your business? If so, I'd love you to join me for the Mastering Difficult Conversations workshop that I'm running next week. In just three interactive online sessions on the 18th, 20th and 22nd of March, you'll discover your unique leadership style, you'll master the art of impactful communication by learning the translation code, and you'll build your personalized difficult conversations framework. Imagine tackling tricky team talks with confidence and ease, all for the special price for you listeners of just $47. But hurry, spots limited to ensure that we have an engaging experience for everyone. It's time to go from overwhelmed to empowered and lead your business with confidence. Just head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash workshop to secure your seat now. Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Well, hi there, it's Christy Lee here. Welcome to episode number 187 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Fabulous to have you here today. Hope you're doing well, whatever you're up to whilst you're listening to today's episode. Now, today we are getting into a slightly more technical topic, which those regular listeners of the podcast will know that I try and avoid getting too far down the technical detail because, well, you know, I get it, technical stuff is boring, but there are times where I feel it's really important to bring you uh, a technical or a legislative update here on the podcast to make sure that you are up to date with the latest changes, the new laws, the legislation, and to help keep your businesses compliant. So if you've been keeping an eye on things over the last 12 plus months, you will notice that there have been a raft of industrial relations changes introduced here in Australia. And there is far more on the horizon. It's actually only the first tranche of changes that has passed through Parliament. We know there's at least another two coming. And they're not insignificant changes, I'd have to say. These are the most significant changes to the national industrial relations laws that we have seen since the introduction of the Fair Work Act, which which was in 2009. So it's been quite some time since we've seen changes of this magnitude. And today I wanted to chat to you about one of the very specific changes that has really left a lot of employers baffled, confused, and what I'm largely seeing is them sticking their heads in the sand. And uh, on this one, that is absolutely not the answer. So I thought we'd unpack it today so that you can make sure that you're taking the steps required to ensure that your business is compliant. Now, I promise I'm not going to get too heavy in the detail today. I'm going to keep it relevant as light as possible. I'm not sure whether light's the right word, but just to give you the key actionable pieces of information that you need to know about and that you need to take action on. So today we are having a look at the new positive duty laws to help you ensure, as I said, that your business is compliant. So we'll start by taking a look at what these new laws actually are. 
Of course, who they apply to and when they start applying, important. And I want to share with you the recently um, published guidelines from the Australian Human Rights Commission that they have set down to help employers ensure they are meeting their obligations. So what are these new laws? Who do they apply to and when do they apply? And what are the guidelines that we've been given that we need to follow? That's what we're going to focus on. Are we okay with that? All right, let's get to it. So new positive duty laws. What on earth am I talking about? Well, if we think back to late 2022, and I know that can feel like, and it is, a long time ago, you might recall there was a piece of legislation called Respect at Work. So the Respect at Work Act passed through Parliament into law at the back end of 2022. Now, what this law actually is, and as part of this law, there is a new positive duty. Now, so that's the key word here, positive duty enforced on employers. And what that requires us as employers to do is to take responsible steps to eliminate sexual harassment and sex-based discrimination from occurring in our workplaces. So importantly, the key change here is it is no longer enough to simply have a process for responding to a complaint of sexual harassment or sex-based discrimination should it arise. We now have an obligation to take proactive actions and measures to prevent it from happening in the beginning. And that is the key practical change. A policy and a process for dealing with a complaint isn't going to cut it. We need to be showing that we are taking proactive steps to prevent this kind of discrimination or harassment from happening in our workplaces. Now, you may be familiar with the term PCBU, Person Conducting Business Undertaking, very uh, prominent in workplace health and safety legislation. That's exactly the same definition that's mapped across here. So whether you're an employer or you're the person responsible in the organisation, this obligation falls on your shoulders. Now, there is a common misconception that this does not apply to certain groups of businesses or certain size businesses, and I just want to quash that right at the outset today. Every single business, no matter how large, no matter how small, no matter how many employees, no matter what industry, has this law applied to it. There are no exemptions whatsoever. So this law applies to every single business. And if reasonable steps are not taken to eliminate sexual harassment and sex-based discrimination in the workplace, the employer or the person conducting business undertaking, i.e. the responsible person, will be held liable and could face considerable, really considerable financial and reputational damage. The fines are not going to be tiny. Now, importantly, the date you need to keep in mind here is the 13th of December, 2023. That is the date from which the Australian Human Rights Commission can start pursuing claims and legal action against employers who are not meeting their positive duty obligations. That's not far away, people. So whilst it feels like ages ago that this Respect at Work Act passed into law, we had a grace period to get our house in order, to get things ready, and that grace period is nearly finished. From the 13th of December, we will we will start to see legal action taken against employers who are not compliant with their positive duty obligations. Now, here's an interesting thing that's a little tricky. 
Our obligation is to take reasonable steps to eliminate sexual harassment and sex-based discrimination. So, what are reasonable steps? (laughs) That question is a little like, how long is a piece of string? There is no set definition, framework, structure to what reasonable steps means for every single organisation. It is a broad brush term and it will look different for every workplace, largely depending on your risk profile. So what reasonable steps are for a small business with two employees working in an office or maybe even working from home is going to look very, very, very different to what reasonable steps are for an employer with 100 staff working across factory, manufacturing, installation, office, marketing, sales. Again, very, very different to what reasonable steps will look like for a business with 10,000 employees working across multiple locations and various um, types of employment. So we are all required to take reasonable steps, every single one of us that is in an employer. But what that looks like will look very different for every different organisation. And that's the bit that I think has most people confused, baffled, wanting to stick their head in the sand because, hello, just give us some clarity about what we need to do and we're happy to go ahead and do it. But when you're giving us these broad terms, it's a little bit like in the Fair Work Act where they refer to reasonable additional hours. What does that actually mean? I, I, I don't love the broad terms. I'd rather have some specificity around this stuff. So, The good news is the Australian Human Rights Commission has recently released the guidelines for how employers, no matter their size, no matter their industry, can ensure they are compliant. And they've released two important sets of parameters, I guess you'd call them. They have released four guiding principles that should guide our approach to complying with our positive duty obligations, and they have released seven standards. Now, the guiding principles, I think, are good ways to frame up our thinking around how we approach ensuring that we are complying with our positive duty obligations. The seven standards, I think, actually give us a framework for the process that we actually have to think about putting into place, no matter the size of your business. So let's first start with the four guiding principles. The four guiding principles are consultation, gender equality, intersectionality, and person-centred trauma-informed approaches. What does that all mean? (laughs) So these are, as I said, guiding principles. They're not things we need to do so much as ways we should be thinking about how we approach our positive duty obligations. So the first is consultation. Now, if you have employed staff for any length of time, you should be very familiar with the, the concept of consultation. It's a key factor in the Fair Work legislation. It's a key requirement if we're looking at redundancies or workplace changes. So consultation should not be a new term to you. What they mean by consultation is talking to our workers about what they need for their workplace to be and feel, and feel, importantly, safe and respectful. So actually engaging our workers, our employees, our people in our business in conversations to help understand better what's important to them. What does a safe workplace free from discrimination and sexual-based harassment look and feel like to them. This is one of those scenarios where it's learning to understand before trying to be understood. 
So consultation is a great principle to guide our thinking around this because if we're not opening up conversations with our team around this topic, we are not going to understand what it really looks and feels like for them. So consultation is a guiding principle and I think it's a really smart one. Gender equality. What this really means is that any initiative or action that you implement should contribute towards creating a gender equality focused workplace. So it's about making sure the actions you take aren't further creating a discriminatory environment and creating a much more inclusive environment. So again, makes total sense, but it might not be a frame that we were intentionally going to think about. So that's important. Intersectionality, I think, is um, a term that maybe we're not all that familiar with and that might baffle some of us. But basically all this means is that creating an intersectional approach to our positive duty obligations recognises that an unsafe or disrespectful work behaviour, work style, may have a different or even heightened impact for different people. So what this means is that what one person may consider to be um, disrespectful, unsafe, discriminatory, may be different to what someone else with a different lived experience, with perhaps a different perspective, maybe from a different group, will consider to be disrespectful to them. So this is about understanding different reactions, approaches, feelings from different groups in our workplaces. And they call that intersectionality. The term is challenging, I guess, in terms of it's a little newish to our language, but that's the framework for thinking about how different things affect different people differently. So from that perspective, again, makes sense. And creating approaches that are person-centred and trauma-informed. So this is what they're saying is the best practice approach to addressing any unlawful conduct and creating systems that really do affirm and create safety and dignity for all workplace participants. So person-centred, obviously thinking about the person involved at the centre and trauma-informed, understanding the, the trauma involved in whether it's the procedure you're implementing or the uh, addressing unlawful contacts, so the approach to even issue does arise. So again, these are just guiding principles. They should guide our thinking and our approaches, but they aren't rules necessarily to follow. So to recap, the guiding principles recommended by the Australian Human Rights Commission are consultation, gender equality, intersectionality, and person-centred trauma-informed approaches. Now, that is a lot to digest, I get it. So you take some time to sort of think through that. It's just a way to help frame up your thinking around this. What I think is more practically important is the seven standards that have been set out by the Australian Human Rights Commission because this is what I think we can all use as a framework for ensuring that we are complying with our positive duty. If we are doing something in all seven of these standards, no matter the size of our business, then we can ensure that we are compliant with having fulfilled our positive duty obligations. Now, of course, again, what each of us need to do across these seven standards will be very different depending on the size of our organisation. So let's recap them and then we'll dive a little deeper. So the seven standards are leadership, culture, knowledge, risk management, support, reporting and responding, and monitoring, evaluation and transparency. I want to start with leadership because everything in business comes from the top down. If our leaders are not informed and not equipped with the right information and don't understand their positive duty obligations, then we've got no chance of this being rolled out correctly. 
So strong leadership, leaders who acknowledge and understand this protocol, leaders who are proactively day-to-day behaving in a way, taking actions in a way that are going to prevent sexual harassment and sex-based discrimination at work is essential. If you have a bad apple in your leadership team in this space, it's going to be incredibly difficult to make this embedded at the cultural perspective, which is the second standard. Do we have a culture in our workplace that supports an organisation, a workplace culture that is going to actively prevent sex-based discrimination and harassment in the workplace? Is the way we behave and the words we say in line with that? So culture. And culture comes from leadership. That's why I wanted to start with leadership. Now, the third standard is knowledge. This is where training is going to come into play. Are we training our people on what this means? What does discrimination look like? What does sexual harassment look like? What does it mean? What does it not mean? So training and strong policies will help you to achieve the knowledge standard. Risk management, of course, is essential. You need to be doing a risk assessment. What is your risk profile in this space in your business? For a tiny business with two staff who work from home, it's probably pretty low. It should be pretty low. If you've got 100 staff across different sites, different cultures, different, uh, you know, sexual identities, it could be a much higher risk. So what is your risk profile and how are you going to manage minimizing that risk? Very important. Support. How are you supporting your people? How are you supporting them if a complaint is made? How are you supporting them in ensuring a complaint is not made? What are the support mechanisms you've got in place? The sixth standard is reporting and responding. Now, you should already have this in place because we've already already had obligations to have a process for dealing with complaints of sexual harassment and sex-based discrimination at work. So you should have this in place, but it might need a revisit. It might need a little tweak and a little amp up. What is your process for reporting on and responding to sexual harassment and sex-based discrimination in the workplace? And finally, how are you monitoring and evaluating your positive duty processes? And what's the transparency? Transparency is becoming increasingly important across a whole range of factors in workplaces. And whilst transparency amongst things like gender pay gaps has been largely for bigger businesses, this again applies to every single business. Are you being transparent with your people? Are you being transparent with your processes? All of that is going to be important. So the seven standards, leadership, culture, knowledge, risk management, support, report and respond, and monitor, evaluate transparency. If you actively take steps to proactively implement things that are going to prevent sexual harassment and sex-based discrimination at work across all seven standards, You are putting your business and yourself in good stead for complying with your positive duty obligations. So I'm really grateful that the Australian Human Rights Commission has released these standards and even the guiding principles, although they're a little trickier, because I think it gives us a great framework to help to start to make sure we are compliant. And we've only got till the 13th of December before legal action can be taken. So now is the time to act. So to recap, today we've looked at what these new positive duty laws are, who they apply to and when they take effect from a legislative perspective. Now, to recap that point, they are in place now, but legal action and fines start on the 13th of December 2023. And I've shared with you the Australian Human Rights Commission's guiding principles and seven key standards for ensuring all employers meet their positive duty 
obligations. Now, hopefully that wasn't too technical. I appreciate that technical stuff can be a little dry. I get it. But it's so, so important. I want to make sure your business is protected. I want to make sure you've got the information you need to seek out support and advice and guidance or to take action to get these things implemented in your business. I don't want anyone of our listeners saying, but I didn't know, or um, I didn't know where to get help, or I've never heard of this before. So although the technical stuff is not as fun, it is essential to ensuring we can run successful businesses. So I really hope that's been helpful for you. Now, as always, if you would like to connect with other listeners of this podcast, other business owners, leaders and managers looking to get the HR thing right and get advice and support from others, I'd love you to join us in our free Facebook group, HR Support for Australian Businesses. You can find the link in today's show notes wherever you're listening to this episode, or if you search HR Support Australia in Facebook groups, you are sure to find us there. That is a wrap for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. If you have enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to leave us a rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. I would absolutely appreciate it. It's always great to hear from you there. And I'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of the People Powered Business Podcast. Have an awesome week. 